Welcome to STR Like the Best. I'm your host, Michael Chang. It is my pleasure to welcome Will Shu. Will is active military, West Point graduate, who is also a real estate investor. He's working on a very interesting short-term rental project in Florida, which we'll talk about. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Really, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've always been interested and curious about people in kind of active military that is also investing in real estate. And obviously there's, you have a full-time, you obviously have a full-time job, but also looking for what's the next step of your career as you look to the kind of next step in life. And I want to dive into that. I want to dive into how you came on the real estate journey and how and this interesting project here working on in Florida that, that really piqued my interest. Why don't we dive right in? So just tell us a little about yourself. How, where are you stationed? How'd you get into the real estate game? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm stationed over here at Fort Stewart, Georgia, right by Hinesville, very close to Savannah, Georgia. And essentially how I got involved in real estate was, I think it was a couple of years ago, my father-in-law gave me the book that probably every real estate investor read when they started off, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that kind of sent me down this, this very dark path of just scrolling through bigger pockets, listening to the podcast, reading all the possible books. So at the time I was just starting my military career too. So I was trying to figure out, okay, I have to stay in the military for my obligation, but I also want to pursue this. So essentially after I moved from Fort Benning over here to Fort Stewart, I was looking at possible ways to get in, right? And for most active duty people, the quickest way and easiest way to get in is using the VA loan, right? So that was my dipping my toes in the water to get into it. And then I really wanted to do a fix and flip, right? So obviously everybody gets the shiny object syndrome where they're like, I want to transform this. I want to make it look beautiful. Thankfully, I found two other West Point grads here in Savannah who are seasoned real estate investors. And I told them what's up, right? I said, I want to take action. I want to do something. And one of them brought me a deal and essentially we closed on it, flipped it, sold it. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I got the itch. Uh, you got the that's itch. That's kind of how we got into it. Yeah. So on that point, the network is really important. Obviously military, West Point, very strong community. Tell me about that. Like, how does that help you in your journey so far? Obviously you got your first deal, but how has being part of that, that the military community helped your real estate career? Yeah, it's very awesome because we're a very welcoming group. And actually, I'm sure just like a lot of the other colleges, they've got their private Facebook groups and stuff like that. So we have one specifically, right, for real estate for West Point graduates. So when I joined it, I knew nothing about nothing. Right? So I was just sitting there doom scrolling all night, trying to learn everything. So anytime that I had any questions or I came across something that I was unsure about, I had the opportunity to like publicly slash privately, right? Ask it in the forum with like fearing repercussion and yeah. being told that's a stupid question. So that was the value in it, right? Almost everybody in that page is very open and willing to being a mentor. And that's really how it's helped me expand my knowledge and opportunities. That's a great point. And I think that's probably why you've been successful and so quickly. It, the networking part of real estate is so important. Real estate broadly, short-term rentals specifically, finding people that you connect with, finding people that you can trust, that's they're going to teach you without some kind of immediate return or immediate expectation of a return. There's someone there that's over there to help you. And it's helped me immensely as my wife and I, when we started a business back in 2016, 2017, 
And there were a couple of guys that had done it a few years before here in New York that, that really helped us out. So that's really cool to hear. It speaks volumes to that military community. So that's, tell me about your first deal. So that obviously got, that, that really set you on this path. I love to dive into numbers. I'm a numbers guy. What did you, what, like, where was it? How much did it cost? How much did you put in? How much did you make? Yeah. So for this first one, it was in Savannah, Georgia. The way that we found it was the investor realtor friend that I had here that, that was an also an alumni. He knew all the local wholesalers. I didn't know anybody. And so the wholesaler brought him the deal and then he brought it to me. And so we walked it and then we ended up closing. I think we bought it for, I want to say about 125. And then of course we went over budget <laughs> on renovations as expected. I want to say we ended up spending about 50,000 on renovations. Okay. We held it, I think for about four or five months. And then when we sold it, I think we sold it for 270 ish, I think is where we were at. And at the time I didn't have just cash to throw out. Right. So I did it creatively where I did a hard money lender, my first introduction to using a hard money lender. And then obviously, you know, they typically require X percentage of purchase price. So I didn't, ha I didn't even have that. Right. Yeah. So I casually asked the real estate rookie Facebook group by bigger pockets. I was just, I had no intention of asking anybody for money. I was just like, what would you guys do? And then I got DM'd by the shadow account. And then I got to know him. He actually, he was like, Hey, actually send me a message on my real account. <laughs> um, and it turns out he was in the UK at the time. And essentially we got to know each other. And then he wired me like $25,000 and I was like, oh, this is real. This, I, <laughs> this is legit. Wow. So we ended up, yeah, that's how I financed the first one. And then Very the cool. End, yeah. We both walked away with about 20% on the amount of money that we put in after we split everything 50, 50. Um, Fantastic. So let's walk, let's recap. So a buck 25 in 50 in Reno. So you're in for about 175. You held it for four or five months. So you had to carry it. So let's say another. 10, including fees. This is going to make the math easy. So 185, you sold it for 270, 85K profit. You probably had to pay a realtor. So you sold it to a realtor. Let's just say, let's call it 80K. That's great. And no money in. Obviously, a lot of probably some sweat equity that you'd do in, in find a deal, go through the renovation process, the heartburn associated with going over budget, going over your timing, just like everyone's first deal. And, uh, but that's great though. And it's really cool that you found someone basically randomly, right? Yeah. And yeah. that DM'd you like, well, talk me, talk to me about that. Like, how did you build the trust with this gentleman, this person, this man or woman that they're, why they're going to wire you 25 K because once they wire to you, you can walk away and not just never respond and take their money. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it was, like I said, he randomly DM'd me and even while I was having the conversation and I was like. Okay. One, how can I pitch this? Right. So I referred to all the scrolling in the podcast that I heard. And normally what people do in this situation was like, Hey, if you give me the money, I'll work the sweat equity. We'll split it 50, 50 on the back end. Right. So that was my pitch. That's how I went into it. In a sense, we did a couple of video calls. I saw his actual face. He saw my actual face. <laughs> and then I hate to like refer back to the West Point network again, but like I asked him, I was like, why would you trust me with this? Like candidly, right? I was like, why would you give me money? He said, I went to the, I got my MBA at Kroger and essentially I knew a couple West Pointers there as well, upstanding people. So I figured if I was going to give anybody my money, it'd be another West Point. I was like, wow. I did not expect this. Very cool. Yeah. Look, and again, it comes down to the network, right? It's, and just obviously kind of 
not the traditional way, but the network, the brand is so strong of the people that come out of West Point and their honesty, <laughs> but also just yeah. like probably the, just intelligence too, right? You can be smart, but not that savvy and lose someone's money, right? And that combination of a reputation of being smart and being a good operator, a good person really goes a long way. So very cool. That, that's a, I think it's a really cool story for, so for anyone out there, if you're just starting, there are just a lot of, even if you don't have any money right now, right? There's just a lot of different ways for you to start. And the hardest thing, you know, so the hardest thing is to finding a deal. Actually finding the money isn't that yeah. difficult. People that understand real estate, like, and they, if you're, you know, if you're a good person, you'll find someone that'll give you the money and trust you. The hardest part is just finding a deal. So just work really hard on that and really understand how to underwrite deals, how to look for deals. That's really going to serve you well. Okay. So for great. So first deal, you made some money, you made 20, 30 K, whatever it is. So that, that's great. What was, and then now that you're looking at something much, much bigger, what walk us through that progression, right? And you're obviously, you're still in, you're still working in the military. You're probably deployed. Maybe you're not in Georgia or in the Southeast. Did you deploy overseas or were you mostly in the States? Yeah. So it was funny because right after, like when we bought the, this first fix and flip, I knew I was leaving like within nine months to go to South Korea. So oh, okay. we, yeah, we actually ended up selling and closing it a month before I went to Korea. And then when we went to buy, I came back from South Korea and then we found another fix and flip and we closed on it. And then everything happened with Ukraine and halfway through the renovation, they said, you got to go next, like in two or three weeks. So oh, then wow. I ended up, yeah, I ended up leaving halfway through the renovation. And then I just had to do everything digitally. And then eventually it, it got sold. I had great people on the ground here to finish it out and sell it and everything. But yeah, no, I had to leave. It, it seems like a trend. Every time I buy one, I had to leave. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have, now that you have a few under your belt, you probably have a good team. So how many, before we transition to kind of the thing that you're working on now, which I want to understand a bit more. How many deals have you, like, what, like, where are you at? Like how many deals have you done completed and do you still hold anything? So actually right now I have, I'm not holding anything. I, since I will be getting out and moving down to Florida, the house that I bought with my VA loan here, that's going to be my first rental, right? I'm going to keep it okay. and then I'm going to rent it out. But since those two, after I got back from Germany, actually right before I went to Germany, I partnered with my friend, we created Black Knight Property Solutions. And the goal of it was wholesaling and fix and flip. And then I left, right? So we did nothing for eight months with it. After we came back at the beginning of this year, we closed on two other fix and flips. One of them is about to close for sale next Tuesday. And then we just finished renovations on the other one um, that we'll list at the end of the week. So. All in all, two personally, and then two with the company is where I'm at right now. Very cool. And then are they all in, where are they? So the, the two, the first two that I did on my own were here in Savannah. And then the other two were, one was in Port St. Lucie in South Florida. And the other one is in Stewart, South Florida, which is like 15 minute drive from each other. Oh, okay. So everything's South Florida. Is that where you're, is that where you're planning on moving? Uh, yep. So. Yeah. That's, we were doing our market analysis and we were like, I guess we can choose here. Cause we're going to move here anyways. <laughs> Fair um, enough. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. That's how we came up to it. Yeah. Actually, uh, this brings me back to, I have a question for you. I actually met another ex-military and I don't know, I don't remember if he was a West Point or not. Actually, no, I think he was Navy actually. He had five properties. He was telling me how he, he would buy one 
wherever he was deployed, he would buy him one. And then every single time he would repeat the process. Is that, uh, and I, don't, I don't really know the VA loan market. Is that a kind of a, a way to build your portfolio using, yeah. using the preferential VA loans? Yeah, typically that's what a lot of people do because I'm only a captain right now. If you talk to majors and colonels who have moved five or six times, they'll typically have one in every one of those locations. That's what people do is because the VA loan is, has such favorable terms, that's what they'll do every time they move. Now, the first time you use it, right, that's when you get the best terms. But as you use it over and over again, terms aren't as good, but they're still good comparatively to like a traditional 20% down kind of loan, right? Because most people use the VA loan similar to the FHA loan as is like you could do, like for VA specifically, you could do zero down. Oh, zero like down, really? You, yeah. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, you just got to go to the table with closing costs if you even have to pay that because sellers can also contribute up to a certain amount for the buyer's closing costs. So I know of people that have gotten paid at closing actually. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So it's zero, zero down. You got to, okay. And then you basically paid the fees, but then the seller can, can credit that to you. Is that, is there like an upper, is there upper loan? I'm just curious. Is there an upper loan limit? Can't buy like a $10 million house, I presume with this. It technically, if, and by no means am I, <laughs> am I a lender <laughs> by no means from, but from what I understand, if you're using the VA loan for the first time, like it's the only one in your name and you have all of the entitlement, there's technically no limit to the purchase price. Wow, really? Um, now, yeah, but if you own other ones that are purchased under the VA loan, then you know there, there are limits. Okay. I don't know the exact nitty gritty details, but that's like general overview. Wow. So th there might be a, uh, that, that's really, really cool. There's no upper limit. That That's, that's super, that's actually super, super interesting. Although I, I presume that if you're, if it's your first loan, you're probably pretty young and <clears throat> you don't make that much money in the military. So right. you know, have this kind of service that debt, but that's still really interesting though, that you can borrow like kind of an unlimited amount. Okay. So then on the short term, so on the short term rental side, you're working, tell us about this new project that you're working on. I, I know that it's in progress. So details are fairly limited, but maybe just give the audience some high level details on the next big project that you're working on. Yeah. Me and my partner were always looking to level up. And the next level that we saw obviously was commercial real estate investing. So we were casually scrolling through Zillow, Redfin, and then we came across this boutique hotel, old mom and pop hotel. And the guy was trying to sell it for 5.6. We were trying to figure out what the details were. It'd been listed for at the point that we first looked at it for like at least three or four months at that point. So we got to negotiations and we told him we were interested, submitted our LOI. And he was interested. And then when we got to the finer details of due diligence, when closing would be, um, especially because of something this big, we were asking for a lot. At the end of the day, like at the final hour, he decided to not do it and said, I'm just going to keep it for myself. And at that point we had negotiated him down like a decent amount from listing price. So we were like, this could be it. But then he backed out last minute. He said that he's going to take it on himself. And then, so me and Taylor, my partner, we just keep doing our fix and flip stuff. And then last week, the broker, the transaction broker reached back out to us. He's a like, seller decided to sell again. <laughs> Are you guys still interested? So we got it under contract this time officially, thankfully. So right now we're in the process of doing due diligence. We're running all the traps behind the scenes, insurance, construction, lender, all that stuff. That's what we're doing right now. 
we're at the very beginning phases of it. And then eventually the plan is to renovate it and then stabilize the asset and essentially refinance, pay some people back, keep holding it. And then depending on market conditions, eventually sell and cash out. Okay. I mean, first of all, congrats. I think that's, I think you, you, you skipped a few steps there in a kind of typical real estate investing journey. Most people don't go from fixing flips directly to doing multi-million dollar commercial properties. Kudos to you and your partner for thinking big. It's all like there, there's a finite amount of time. And if you really believe in something and you see a good deal, doing something bigger, although it has its risks, risks obviously can really pay off if you do it right. And again, I know we'll limit what we can talk about here, but is there a short, I want to just dig in a little bit on the, on some of the details. Is there a short-term angle there? Maybe just give the audience a sense of how many rooms, where is it located? And is there like a short-term rental angle to this? Yeah. So this is actually located in downtown Stewart, downtown Stewart, Florida, and it's currently got 25 units in it, but it's been sitting vacant, right? For a year. It's very outdated. We're going to have to do a lot of rehabilitation for this thing. It was built in 1913. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's old, right? It's very yeah. old. But the plan is to run it as essentially a boutique hotel. Not that me or my partners will be actually operating it. We'll be hiring out a third party management company to do it who have the expertise and have been doing this for their, as their career to be the ones to manage it. Got it. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a hotel. Perhaps they, maybe they'll list on Airbnb or some of the other OTAs to drive traffic. I know a lot of hotels are doing that now and taking advantage of that distribution channel, which, which makes total sense if they're not, if they're not able to fill it through traditional, their kind of traditional marketing. And then for this, it's obviously kind of a big jump, right? From what you were doing before you're still active right now. How has that process been when, you know, you're working with, you're working with some more seasoned real estate investors. How does, you know, someone that's, how does someone that's starting off, how do they, they're interested in looking at bigger deals. Like walk us through that process. How did you kind of jump a few levels really yeah. from fix and flips to, to what you're under contract with today? The good thing is my partner, Taylor, he's already got experience in the short-term rental atmosphere, right? Because he's got his own short-term, medium-term properties where he's located, right? So we bridged the gap a little bit with that expertise. Now there's obviously still that giant gap of going from residential slash eight units, which is he's got an eight plex right now to, to 25 unit, right? So our play was essentially find somebody that knew exactly what they were doing, who have done this before. And that's exactly what we did, right? So thankfully, again, going back to the West Point network, we knew a couple of guys that actually did and executed this exact same business model already. And so essentially we reached out to them. We were like, Hey, we're considering doing this deal. What do you think? What do we need to look at? So I guess at the end of the day is what, what made us feel comfortable with it was having the knowledge and comfortability of having somebody that has that expertise that has executed, that has the track record so that we, we, we're not putting our faith in somebody with blind trust, right? Like that, like it's somebody that has done it. That's how we got comfortable. And that's at that point, you just have to send it right. There's only so much preparation that you can do only so much reading you can do, but until you actually take action and just submit the offer, submit the LOI, you're not going to get anything else out of it. We decided to go full send on this. Awesome. That's, that's great. And 
again, speaks to the power of the network, right? That whether you went to West Point or not, just whatever kind of school or organization that you belong to, just really double clicking on that, contributing and telling a lot of it's just telling people what you're doing and, and looking for help. Yeah. You'd be really surprised at what other people, what other people are doing and finding a match. And that, that's been a cool part of the social media journey, us talking about my wife and I talking about the business that we built. We have kind of 30 plus units mixed over in arbitrage and own units in Philadelphia and Tennessee, and just people that are doing the same thing that we never would have known uh, about and, and talking with them and learning from them. It's been a, a kind of really awesome experience. Maybe what's some advice you would give, say there's a, there, there's a, someone that's still at the Southwest point right now, or someone's still in the military and they're thinking about real estate. What's, what are some concrete steps they can do to see if this is a right fit for them? Like what is, or maybe not the right fit, but something, if they want to pursue real estate and they're currently still active, what can they do to make that transition easier? Yeah. So first off, read some books, right? Listen to the podcast. I think what are some books? Actually, what are some good books besides Rich Dad Poor Dad? What yeah. Do you like? So, Real Estate by the Numbers, right? I think Dave Meyer just came out with that very recently. The Millionaire Next Door, uh, pretty much anything and everything that's on the Bigger Pockets bookstore. <laughs> I think I've read almost every single one of them. Those are absolutely phenomenal locations to start your knowledge, right? I think the best way to even gauge if you know, this is something that you want to do is just by reading about it first. Now, I'm not saying you need to go read every short-term rental book or anything. I think starting with a general knowledge book, like real estate by the numbers, will give you a good idea of, okay, yeah, I consider doing this. And then after you do some reading, I'd say you should probably look for somebody that kind of matches your personality that is doing something that you would consider. That's exactly what I did when I was moving here. I looked up, you know, West Point directory, essentially in our Facebook group. And I looked up who's here in Savannah and I saw that when Martin, he actually does fix and flips, he owns rentals. So I reached out to him and I said, listen, I will follow you around and do anything for free. If I can just learn from you and just putting yourself out there. It's one thing to just ask somebody like, Hey, will you mentor me? You got to People say it all the time, but like you, you need to provide value in some way. You got to offer something in exchange. You can't just ask for a free mentorship. You know? Exactly. I'm glad you made that point. Always think about what you can do for someone else, especially if you're asking for help, like what you can do to help them. And it can just, if just, just offering that is, is the right first step and they may not take you up on it then might not be the right time, might not be the right fit, but just if you find someone, keep following up with them, update them on what you're doing. I found it to be extremely helpful. But even if someone isn't, maybe their just time is not right. They're busy with something else. They can't take you on or your skill set at that point is not a right fit. Just continue to follow up with people. Just continue to do what you're doing, whether you're starting out or you're in short term rentals and flips, fix and flips. This is a great way to, to let people know what you're doing. And when they have the right fit that they can contact you. And that's why social media is so powerful. It's a really kind of one to many kind of relationship. You kind of just put it out there. I think a lot of people are yeah. reticent about sharing their lives or I'm, I'm only, yeah. oh, I'm only doing our first deal with Philadelphia. It was like $45,000 row house in West Philly. We put 35 in, it was an opportunity zone deal. So it was like a tax component to it. I think we we're in for 80, 85. And then we haven't. It, ARV is like 125. We took out most of the basis and it does 200 bucks a month, I think. Yeah. And for us, it was like, and it was all managed. So we didn't do any rentals, but we were just kind of like, 
at 200 bucks a month. This is gonna take a long. This is gonna take a long time to to, to get to where we want to go, yeah. which is eventually why we kind of looked at other uh, other opportunities. But but I think now being able to talk about that and share that experience, it's been really powerful and meeting more people. Mm-hmm. But as we as we wind down the conversation, what's next for Will? You're gonna get this. Say you get this deal done. I know it's still early, but let's presume you get this deal done, successful. What are you looking to do in our next couple of years after you mm-hmm. you get out? Yeah, because we are still in the beginning phases, right, of getting our fix and flip slash wholesale business rolling down in South Florida, we've decided to, at least I've decided to offset that potential gap in income by getting my real estate license. I am a licensed agent in South Florida. I've done no transactions yet whatsoever, but I think that's going to be the play until fix and flipping consumes 90% of my time, right? So that's like the 50 meter target, but end state end goal is definitely leveling up and staying in commercial real estate. That That's the end goal right there, but long ways to go. A lot of fix and flips to do a lot of wholesales to do, but yeah, that's the overall goal. Oh, well, just keep me every day, make, making progress every day. I think that's the key to this game. If you just can make forward <laughs> yeah. progress, you're going to beat out a lot of the competition. What is the, what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, I've just started, as you alluded to earlier, a lot of people are hesitant to share on Instagram, social media. I I was as well. I decided I'm just going to start sharing stuff. So Instagram is the move. It is shoe dynasty. That's where you can find me. I'm sure you're going to probably put it in some notes or something so people can just click it. That's probably the best place to find me. Just DM me. Super open to having conversations with anybody. I'm all about just learning from other people and paying it forward. Perfect. Look, if anyone, it will, they will be, it will definitely be in the show notes. And so if you're, anyone's looking at, looking in, in South Florida, in Stewart and that surrounding area, give Will a shout. So, well, as my traditional kind of ending question, uh, real estate is definitely a team sport and we wouldn't be where we are without a lot of help along the way. What is one of the kindest things that someone's done for you along this journey that's really helped you? Oh, wow. Unprepared for this, but (laughs) I think it would have to be when Martin, the person that helped me find that first fix and flip, he knew that I was new and I showed him that I was hungry and he gave me the opportunity. The nice thing he could have done was even just show me some houses, but he actually brought me a deal, which is, you know, that's how it all started. So I think that was probably the nicest thing that he's done for me. And he responds to my texts and calls when I ask him still for guidance, mentorship, and everything. So that, that's probably what it is, yeah. That's great. It's a great way to, to end our conversation. It's helping others. Like you, sometimes you just don't know what the impact that can be. If anyone out there has, you're looking for help, or if um, you're being asked for help, just some small token of kindness can really help someone find their path. And that's what this all is, right? It's obviously making money is important. Mm-hmm. Being Working with people that you like, building that community around you, building your network. Again, I think you've alluded to a lot, like that, that West Point network really helping you along and in your journey, that's really, and in the end of it, it's like making money, but also being around people that you'd like, that you'd like enjoy, that you enjoy working with and sharing the journey with. Thank you very much for joining me today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, of course. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Okay.